Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 182 of the Get Around Podcast. My name is Jake Adnip, hanging out with James Cook in the Record Eagle office, the Get Around Studios. Uh, we are one week Cherry Fest and one week removed from high school sports. We're in this little limbo. Michigan Women's Open starts today. Uh, that's really all we got going on this week. But we had a huge week last week we're going to chat about. Make sure that uh, you stick around. We're gonna, we have a couple of great guests today. We have the MVPs from the inaugural Record Eagle Summer Classic Softball and Baseball Games, Genevieve Bramer and Alex Schmidt, the Lake Leonel St. Mary softball player and Traverse City Central baseball player. Both will be joining us in studio later after we chat about these summer classic games. And uh, kind of recap last week. I think last week was a huge success, James. Uh, first things first. We got to say thank you to James Cook, my wonderful co-host here, for all of the behind-the-scenes work that he did in the Summer Classic. Uh, the Record Eagle sponsored this, and we've put a lot on, but over the last year, James in particular has put quite a bit of time into making sure this happened for our seniors, so um, we're giving a little get-around round of applause for our co-host here, but I'm going to ask you straight up, do you think it was a success, James? It went better than I expected. I mean, it being the, the person kind of kind of spearheading it although like i had a lot of help from a lot of people of course i will say that a lot of help from a lot of people uh, you know you're just waiting for things to come falling down they didn't though <clears throat> for the most part no they didn't you know i mean there wasn't really any major hiccups or anything or major snags or anything one of the biggest things was we ran out of programs at the baseball game yeah we and printed out 200 that's great 100, that we had 150 lot, we had a lot of people come yeah we had a lot of people show up it's kind of more than i thought yeah, I'm honestly. Especially that Bear Lake representation. Yeah, there was, what, 80 people? It wasn't that many, that's exactly. But probably like 30. 90. Was there really 90? 90. There was 90? 90 people from Bear Lake coming over, to see Jack over Cook. Over one quarter of the town. Coming to see Jack Cook, who started the game, yeah. pitch and play a little bit His of ball. His entire team came to yeah. watch him play. That's awesome. That's awesome. I didn't See, that's the type of stuff that I, that those are byproducts I don't know that we thought about. Something like that, you know, having that whole rally and the whole community support. You know, we wanted to give the kids a chance to play one more time and kind of have some fun. And, I mean, I, I mean, we, talk, we, we talked a year ago, you know, about how hard it was for the kids not to have a season. It's the same, you know, it's, it's just as hard, you know. That last game of your senior season, you know, hey, I'm not going to put on my, my high school jersey again or I know I'm not going to, you know, have a chance to compete with my boys. That feeling is just as, just as harsh. So that's what we originally looked for. And then to see how happy everybody was being at the games and kind of the mood that they – Brought out, and I think Doug Perriard, he kind of, he, he kind of cracked me up when I was doing my, my game story. I talked to him. He said, dude, this is like perfect timing. This is like the coming out party from COVID. He was like, we ain't got masks on. He was like, this is the first time really, you know, the, you know, what was it? Like a few weeks of the, the baseball season. I think it was, what was like middle of May is when they actually let the vaccinated kids take their masks off. For the most part, they could have dug out everything like that. But like, like, it was the first time they walked into a stadium and they were like, we didn't have to worry about COVID, you know. For, for real, for real. And I was like, man, I didn't really think about that. Maybe that's why everybody's having so much fun. Yeah, and people came out for it. I mean, better. I mean, the, the, the softball game had, I don't know, 200, 250 maybe, or whatever. The baseball game, I, I, I would say five 600. There was a lot of people, people there. there. I mean, there was, I there, mean, there, was, there was about what all I've seen the tables were All the tables were full. Mm-hmm. I mean, and a decent number of people in the lower bowl. Yeah. I mean, they, I, they didn't sell sweets for that game or anything. But, yeah, I mean, I'd like to keep the game free as long as we can. You know, there's there's other things I think we'd like to do. I think a home run derby in the baseball game would be cool, but I don't know how many people could could jack one out of Turtle Creek Stadium. Yeah, but I mean, because I mean, you saw Quinn Schultz during BP. He was there was he only, was getting only, a hold of a I'll few, and they were still only getting to the, the the 
warning track. There was one or two kids I thought who might be able to to break one out of there, but you just got you got to catch a pitch. I, I made the same point was when the Pittsburghers started playing at Turtle Creek Stadium, you know, their first year. I think it took them something like sixteen like home games. Before somebody hit a home run there. Yeah, I think it was double digits. It, yeah, that's what I mean. I remember yeah. that stat. I remember us talking about that when they when they when they actually did it. It was like, oh my God. Like I think it was Adam Proctor who actually hit the first home run as a Pittsburgh, but they were like fifteen games in. So it's like I don't expect the high school kids to do that. But I mean, in general though, the the softball game, I thought it was awesome. We had what was it, twenty or twenty six girls, thirteen on thirteen, I think. Yep. We had Margot Yonker, Central Michigan, just complete um, Hall of Famer across the board. Her, her name is on the softball field. I mean, literally a legend, complete legend at Central Michigan University. Yeah, it's almost mind-boggling that you can get into eight different Hall of Fames. <laughs> eight. I didn't even know there was that many for a sport. Yeah, Let well, alone... I mean, she's in ones that are just for, like, the state. Like, she was in the Michigan, just the Michigan Sports Hall of Fame. She was inducted last year, I believe, in that. And she, she was in the same class as Calvin Johnson. <laughs> and then on the other side of that was Gloria Bexford, was the... First female to have their, her number retired at and Michigan only. State. Yeah. First and still champ. only. We had, we had literally Hall of Fame coaches, all-star players, and it ended up being a 7-7 tie after, like, a really good game. That was I think that was an awesome fitting. The way we ended it? The way, that, yeah. Yeah, so we ended up with a uh, sudden death three-on-three home run derby at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Middle School, and it didn't disappoint, James. No, Brittany Steimel started off with three dingers. You got ten pitches each. Brittany ten Steimel, swings. Ten Brit- swings. Ten swings, yeah. Uh, you know, Brittany Steimel hit three out. And then at yeah, the national team, every one of their hitters hit at least two. Yeah, with, what was it, Avery Zip? Avery Zip and Zoe Brodine. And then Grace Quagan. Yeah, or Grace Quagan. Grace Quagan just came out on fire and hit four. Yeah. I mean, the, the pressure was off her because they already won the home run derby at that point. But yeah. she won the individual home run derby title by just smacking four, and it barely looked like she was swinging. Oh, and it's not even that she looked like she was swinging. It just looked like when she hit the ball, it was no doubters. They were just like, oh, it's high enough. It's long enough. Pitch another one. Let's see what happens next. <laughs> yeah, she just had that perfect uppercut swing yep. that was good for that. Yep. And if we did a home run derby for the baseball game, you know, you could you could get a pitching machine out there and dial that thing up to, like, 90 miles an hour. Make sure that has Let, enough recoil. Had, yeah, get some juice on that ball so you can... Some kids could get some out there. I think. I, that's what I was going to say, too, is that when it comes off of high school pitching at somewhere between 75 and 85 miles an hour, putting it up 400 feet is tough. You know, we all know yeah. Isaac Newton's law of, uh, what is it, attraction or whatever it is, equal and opposite reactions happen. I'm not a physicist or anything like that, but I know the faster <laughs> the ball comes and the harder you swing, the faster the exit velocity, the farther the ball goes. So we can try to make that math problem work next year. There's a couple yeah. other math problems. Obviously. We're gonna we're gonna use a pitching pitching machine this year in softball, and <laughs> if, if we if we <laughs> that were, was the only malfunction. If yeah, if we were gonna use a pitching machine, I would have jumped in on the home run derby. But since it was live pitching, I didn't want to hurt anybody. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I wouldn't have thought I could hurt anybody, but you know. Oh man, I I'm always liable for making some form of like half clumsy mistake during athletics. Like I'm still good at the stuff, but it's like yeah, I'm gonna nearly hit you with a golf ball, or I'm gonna like. Like, I mean, I'm going to hit you with a baseball. Like, I've, that's what I'm saying. Like, I've, I think I've told the story before when I was playing catcher. I tried to throw a kid out at first base and just a left-handed batter just hit him right in the side of the head. Knocked him clean on the ground just from two feet. Just the ball left my hand, hit him right in the side of the head. That type of clumsy mistake. Andrew hit me with the ball a couple weeks ago. <laughs> did he really? How did we not talk about that? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know why I didn't bring it up because he was on the pod that next week too. <laughs> it was 
It was when we were over in, up in Vanderbilt at the at the Black Bear. Oh, when you guys played that. And he was he was hitting from the fairway, and I was way up ahead of him in the fairway, and he hit like this low line drive, and I was I was sitting in my cart waiting, you know, for yeah. him to hit so that I could go hit my ball. And he just hit a line drive, like, right into the cart. Oh, my God. Or skipped. I think it skipped, maybe. Jeez. Right into the cart and hit me in the leg. <laughs> and it was funny. Andrew. <laughs> it didn't hurt or anything like that. Yeah. He was, like, all, like, concerned and everything. And I'd be concerned, like, too. No, Ball dude, you're should fine. hurt. Well, yeah, Andrew just doesn't hit the ball with enough clean contact to make it hurt. Well, right? I think it had, <laughs> bounced, it had bounced, and then it hit, like, the dashboard, kind of, of the Ugh. thing, and then came back and hit me in, like, the side of the thigh. That's just, uh, that's unfortunate. Man, <laughs> I feel bad for you. I've never actually hit somebody. I've gotten really close, though. Yeah, really I come close. I hit somebody's close. cart one time when they were in it, but it had a roof over it, so that's, it that's hit the roof least, of the cart. That's at least nice. I've, so it scared I've, the bejesus out of them, but it didn't hurt them. I usually have the people just throwing their arms up, and I'm like, the ball's 30 feet from you. Chill out, man. Okay? It didn't come close. It's not within, like, a rate. It's not within your personal circle here. But, uh, I mean, I want to get back to the Summer Classic, because we still really didn't even go with, like, any game flow, but I want to talk a little bit about it. The, you know, the, the softball game, was literally back and forth. We had our guest last week, Madeline Sanderson. She started the game for the national team. Brittany Steinmel started the game for the American team. And believe it or not, we were kind of, we were kind of surprised. The national team hopped out on a lead and you know hit up Brittany Steinmel in like the third inning or whatever. Madeline Sanderson went a little bit longer than that. Ended up getting um, hit up a little bit there in the fourth. Got a pitching change and we kind of kept the game really even, mixing up the pitchers and having the shotgun batting order. Everybody had, I think, three at-bats or four, even four at-bats in the softball game and had a good chance to make a difference for their team. I mean, everybody was on one. I mean, we saw some really good hits. You know, we saw a couple of, we saw a triple or two. We saw some stolen bases. We saw, we saw everything you wanted to out of an all-star game. And then we got the, the added addition of a home run derby. Yeah, and the defense in that softball game was stellar. I mean, the defense all around was just, like, like there weren't very many errors in that game. Um, and, uh, I mean, like we were talking about one of the players before Genevieve Bramer hit her home run, we were talking about one of the players that we were talking about for the MVP award was Lexi Coxon. Cause she had like three really good plays defensively at second base. And I think had like a hit and a walk or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, we were, were like, talking about her being in the, in the conversation for MVP, just based on her defense as much as anything. We had a, what's going to be, that was a hard choice. Pick an MVP. Right, we just saw. We know Genevieve. She she caught. She started the game behind the plate. Hit that home run, which which we're gonna ask her about later. But that was her first ever home run over the fence, in like what is possibly her last game ever. So I think that's just like a really cool story. I think that's yeah. just th- that's like Taylor Mogenberg. It's just like what a cool spot to hit a home run in. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. your, your your first home run is a walk off, but your last home run is like your send off. You know what I mean? Your first last home mm-hmm. run as a send-off. But, yeah, like you said, I mean, we almost I almost had to turn my vote to Grace Quick, and if we hadn't decided before the home run derby, I'm like, oh, Grace, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, she played well, too. There was a lot of people that played really well. And, and, and the coaches did some kind of fun things with moving players around and stuff, too, where they took all three of the Charlevoix players and played them out of position and put them all in the outfield at the same time. Yeah, and, I mean, we had we had first baseman playing shortstop, and I mean, they actually got to play around and have a little bit of fun uh, in the in the softball game. The baseball game, we had a lot more guys. We talked about this last week. Ended up being something like, what, 45 or 44? 44, yeah, 44 guys total. Uh, so they didn't get as many chances to bat. Uh, it was a little bit tougher to get through a 22 or 23-person shotgun order than, say, 13. Yeah, but we played full nine innings though to, make, say, to try to make up for that a little bit. I just think that we still, 
the way that the baseball game worked, we had more pitchers. We saw like 12 or 13 different pitchers in the game across the two teams, which was awesome. Um, our MVP, Alex Schmidt, was the only person. No, it would be like 16 or something. Like Schmidt and Cook were the only two that pitched more than one inning. That's what I was going to say. Is that so everybody, everybody pitched an inning. Cook. Yeah, so it would be 16 two. pitchers. Yeah, so it would be 8, 9, yeah. So that's why we saw yeah. 16 pitchers. Everybody got to bat at least once. We didn't quite get through one of the orders. But that's on defense. That's not on that's not on us, you know. That's on defense making moves. And it'd be nine to five in favor of the national team. And like I said, uh our MVP, Alex Schmidt, he pitched two innings of scoreless work, had a uh single and a run scored. Uh we had good offense in that game too. Uh there was a couple of pitchers who got into a little bit of trouble in their inning. You know, it led for a little bit more offense, which was nice. I was kind of, I hate to be like this. I was kind of happy that it wasn't just, you know, pitchers dominating in their innings. Like, one up three, down, up three, down three, up three, down three. It's like, we need to get a little action in here. So, a walk or two was kind of welcome in my eyes. Yeah, I kind of put some guys in the base pass, you know, gave the catchers a little bit of work maybe. Keeping yeah. some guys on base and, and, and stuff and extended the game a little bit. We did have, oh, I forgot, we did have one guy who hit one out, uh, uh, Zach Nickel. It was on a bounce. But oh, it went out. He, yeah, he did hit a ground rule double. That is right. That is right. It was a, it was a one-bounce easy. Oh, man, it was a no-brainer double. Had an RBI triple from Dominic Palomara that scored Schmidt, uh, which was, you know, probably, I mean, that was, our, that was our biggest hit of the day. Made it out to the wall, and Dominic is just faster than heck. So he made his way all the way over to third base, and uh, that was probably our biggest hit of the day. But I think the biggest hit of the day was just the actual event. Uh, everybody who I talked to, all the players, we, get, we hung out in the dugouts while covering the game and stuff like that for both of these. I got a chance to talk to some of the players and the coaches. And, man, just everybody was so happy to be there. Everybody had so much fun. Everybody was extremely excited to have just one more chance. And I think one of the things that, you know, I talked to Michael Whitman from Sutton's Bay, and he was just like, man, I, I made a bunch of new friends today. You know, I was just like, I never got a chance to play with these guys before. Or like, I've, I've seen their names in the, in the newspaper or, you know, I, I've watched them on TV or whatever, but I never had a chance to meet these guys or play against them or play with them. And they're like, oh, yeah, like now we're all talking about coming back to a Pittsburghers game or something like that, you know. And I'm just like, that's not something. I, we just wanted to play a game of baseball, but all the kids came with such a good attitude. Everybody came like, ready to just learn to play just to, whatever chance it was. If a kid got one at bat, you didn't hear a complaint if – there was an error that was made. It wasn't anything fun. I mean, there was some friendly chirping between teams, but I think that was just literally to be part of the game. It was so much fun to kind of just mess with each other, especially because, like you said, a lot of those guys do know each other and got a chance to play against each other for the first time. Yeah, a lot of those guys know each other. And, and, and a lot of those guys came from, and girls, came from fairly far away. I mean, you know, there's, there's three Charlevoix girls. I mean, that Charlevoix is over an hour away, mm-hmm. you know, uh, John Neff from Onekama. John, that's over an hour away. The three McBain girls came from, you know, a little over an hour away. I think, you know, the Cadillac girls. And then, uh, you know, Andrew Vandertwig, the catcher from Lake City, yeah. came. And then Jack Cook from Bear Lake, yeah. opposite way. But, he, you know, that's a bit of a haul, too. Uh, a, whole, a whole host of me sick people. Yeah. I mean, we got Gaylord. We had Grayling kids. We had the Charlevoix kids showing up in the bus. Yeah, like, everybody went all out for it. And we really appreciate all of you guys in the community showing support for the seniors and showing support for the inaugural Record Eagle Summer Classic, like we said last year. We want this to be an annual thing. It's going to be an annual thing. We just need to make sure the interest is there from you guys, from, you know, the seniors, and, you know, hopefully in the future um, we can upgrade this a little bit with a little bit of support from everybody. 
obviously Charlevoix was all about it. You know, they had three girls come up. They had three boys come up. They, they made their own shirts. They, they made, yeah, they made their own jerseys. The boys did for this. The custom made that said summer or senior all-star game on them and number 21 on the back and their name. They brought them up in the bus. And when they got, and when the bus pulled up, they, uh, the, uh, the guy who owns the bus is Sam Dixon's dad. And I think it was his mom got off the bus first and got out and got her camera going in video mode. And did like a video of the kids coming off the bus, you know. <laughs> so it was, it was like college football players coming off the bus, you know, on a road walking game down the tunnel type of thing, you know. Yeah, and like so they were making a big deal out of it. I love I it. Like, That's I cool. love it. So I, I think you know we made a big deal out of it. They made a big deal out of it. You guys made a big deal out of it, and we want to continue that. So once again, thank you guys so much for supporting the event. Thank you for supporting. The Record Eagle and our efforts. Thank you for supporting James and his efforts. And uh, thank you for supporting these seniors and all the coaches who helped us out as well. I mean, it was a special moment for everybody. I mean, even, you know, Yonker and Bexford said, like, man, it's been a long – I mean, Bexford hasn't been on the diamond in 15, 18 years. Um, yeah, she hadn't been in a dugout yet. Yeah, since, twi- it's, it's like six or nine years. Yeah, and that's like what that. I'm saying. Like, and, and they were just so happy to be there. So let's go ahead. Let's give a listen to our interviews with Traverse City Central's Alex Schmidt and – Lake Lunar St. Mary's, Genevieve Bramer, to hear how they enjoyed the Record Eagle Summer Classic. The Get Around Podcast is excited to welcome in our two MVPs from the inaugural Record Eagle Summer Classic, Lake Lunar St. Mary's, Genevieve Bramer. Hi. And Traverse City Central's Alex Schmidt. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, so good to have these guys here. Thank you guys both for coming, taking a little bit of time out of your summer. And I'm sure what is busy as a, uh, a now just high school graduate. So before we get into the rest of our interview, we're going to dive into our Freaky Fast Five, a nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. Five rapid-fire questions just to get to know these guys a little bit. I'm going to ask this first. Genevieve, if you were the ruler of your own country, what would be the first law that you introduce? Definitely start with three-day weekend instead of two-day weekend. So then you have Saturday, Sunday, and Friday off, and then only four days because you just need more of a break. Okay. What about you, Alex? I was honestly going to say something about reducing Friday, like half-day Fridays or something. Just make sure that there's, like, more actual, like, leisure time in the country. Yeah. You know, we'll just make it more like 10 weeks paid leave. (laughs) That way you get a lot of time off work. That'll work. Um, Does your family have a motto? Is spoken or unspoken? What is it? Try to go to everyone's sports because <laughs> we all of us play like three or more, so we're always so it's always like try to get to your siblings if you can. But I don't know. You got a lot of work to do, a lot of ground to cover. <laughs> what about you, Alex? Uh, ours is probably like just don't quit. You can't quit on anything. Like, that's just kind of a big thing in our family. What is the uh, the worst way that your name has been pronounced on the, by a public address announcer at a game? Or, or said some other different way, aside from somebody calling you Sam. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, just me, you know. I mean, my name kind of, Schmidt kind of rhymes with kind of a swear word. So <laughs> I think, I mean, someone's probably, yeah, called us Alex, yeah, or yeah. Sam. To just take out an M here or there, <laughs> yeah. you know. <laughs> Mine is more of my last name that they mess up. My first name, everyone's, it's usually close to right, but my last name, it's Bromer or Bramir. Or I don't even know, but okay. If you could be any profession for one day, but only one day, what would it be? Astronaut, go on the space station. 
seeing like the world from that point of view would be so cool. But okay. yeah, but not actually spending like three months in space. But not yeah. Where like your body atrophies and you can't walk when you come home. Yeah, that'd be the worst. <laughs> I'd probably be like a fighter jet pilot for one day, just in like a crazy fighter jet, just going fast. Okay, okay, I like that. The Blue Angels in yeah, Jersey or something. Oh. I see. I feel like those are both good answers because that's something that like you have to spend a lifetime training for, mm-hmm. and like you might get a chance to do something like that. So it's yeah. like, yeah, just put me right in that seat real quick. I'll mm-hmm. take that day. I like those answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from necessities, what is one thing you could not go a day without? So aside from like food and water, sleep, mm. baseball. <laughs> so if you're not playing it, you're watching it. Yeah. Probably a book because I read a lot when I'm not like doing other stuff but yeah probably a book that's the freaky fast five a nod to our sponsors at jimmy john's let's go ahead get to know these guys a little bit more we're going to start on our common topic obviously last week we we spent a lot of time this podcast already talking about it but you know last week we had our inaugural record eagle summer classics for our senior baseball and softball players who had a chance to play one more game and uh just it was an all-star game um and kind of got a chance to like you know, be with your friends one more time. We've already talked enough about this, but I want to get your guys' perspective, obviously, as being seniors, as being players. We heard a lot of good feedback at the games, but what was the experience like for you guys, uh, you know, just kind of coming back after maybe a couple weeks, um, after, you know, falling in the playoffs and then having a chance to play one more? Genevieve, we'll start with you. Just what was it like having a chance to play one more game um, in your senior season? It was a lot of fun, especially because all of the seniors from my school got to go, all three of us. So it was good to know that, like, one of us wasn't being left out like we've always been a package deal together all three of us all the way from middle school like it's always just been us three and then it was kind of it was fun meeting girls that we don't usually play just because we're such a small school so like I played with the west um pitcher Brittany I think was her name so that was a lot of fun to play with someone who's a little bit faster and then like most of the girls on the team I would have never made contact with unless that game happened yeah, so, so I mean, I, I mean, Alex, I know that the baseball teams were a little bit bigger. Uh, you guys had some, just something like 20 guys over there, and you know, I know you had some of your buddies from Central and West on there, but what was the experience like for you guys over at Turtle Creek Stadium uh, to, you know, kind of uh, have some fun on the diamond one more time? Uh, it was awesome just to come back, especially at that place. Like, just such a cool field and just, like, the atmosphere in there is so much different than a normal high school field. It's just, that's probably, honestly, the best part. And then it's just seeing all your guys for like that last time before you go your separate ways if you're playing here or there and it's just a good way to end the season i know you kind of talk about the atmosphere difference it's it's a little bit different not just having like see-through fences all over and like just people like butt, butted up against the fence you're like you got seats and all that stuff like that i, I think i actually that's not the first time that you got a chance to play there though right no i've played there before so but, but i mean like, i was like say, a stadium the last, yeah yeah but the last you know might might be a chance i know you, you play for uh the the saints as well don't you yeah so i mean there's there's still chances you'll be able to play in some of these ballparks around here but uh you know you, you got you know as mvp both you guys had great performances and what you did uh genevieve i want to talk about that for a second from what i understand uh, it was your first like home run over the fence right yeah so like in your last game probably you know you can play you hit your first home run what type of send-off is that for you it's, like, even more special for me because my previous coach, Teresa Schur, she always told me, like, from – she'd been my varsity coach from eighth grade on, and she's always told me, you're going to hit a home run over the fence before you graduate. You're going to hit it. You're going to hit it. She told me it every year. And then she stepped down after my sophomore year. So then we had Melanie Dashner for junior and senior, and I was like, I'm, I got to get it for her. And uh, after we lost in regionals, I was kind of disappointed, and then I heard about the game, and I was like, 
maybe, <laughs> maybe. I didn't really expect it to happen, and it happened, and I was like, yes. <laughs> so as your first one, when it came off the bat, did you think it was gone? I knew it was going to be deep. And then since I was running that way, and obviously the ball was right there, I watched it go over as I rounded, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and then, I, yeah, slowed down. I could jog. Yeah, you actually run. get to jog in Vegas <laughs> for know. once? That, that's got to be a good feeling. Mm -hmm. uh, I, so, yeah, Genevieve, she hit, she hit the, the lone home run in-game. We had an awesome home run derby after the game, but hit the lone home run in-game and uh, helped lead your team to what, what turned out to be a tie, but then, of course, we know that the, the home run derby turned out to be exciting. Alex, on the other hand, uh, you were one of only a two pitchers in the game to pitch more than an inning, um, had a couple innings in you know, clean work, and got on base a couple of times, got to score with your, your teammate Dominic Palomares, triple. Um, just, you know, obviously getting a chance to go back out there. There was, there was plenty of guys out there, but you go back out there and get a chance to kind of, like, shut down the last three innings with a couple of those guys. How was your performance categorized in, in your final time kind of representing Traverse City Central? Uh, I just think it was cool to kind of give them a more, like, central big thing. Like, not, like, big thing, but just show them what kind of, like, what we're, like, our philosophy is at central and just, like, that kind of pitching. And mm -hmm. I just like that, yeah. like, to be able to go out and throw. Was it your idea to go out for the second inning or did the coaches? Uh, the coaches uh, actually asked. The pitchers? Yeah, they were, like, they were like, do you want to go out again? I was like, yeah, of course. Is it, how different is it pitching like that where you have a couple innings in between? I've never done that before, but it was it was definitely like a weirder feeling, like throwing and then waiting two innings and then going back out and throwing again. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, I didn't mind it. it was they seemed to do all right. Yeah, <laughs> threw a, a clean inning there in the ninth. So we had the home run derby in the softball game, but we weren't able to have one in the baseball game. But if if we did, who do you think would be the most likely guy to have uh, hit one out of Turtle Creek Stadium? That's tough. I'd probably go maybe Jaden Itzone or Judd Lawson. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Dominic Palomar too. He's he's got some good, yeah, some good juice. Yeah, Quinn Schultz was in BP hitting the, oh, hitting yes. the warning he, track a few times, but yeah, he could definitely he could go up yard too. <laughs> Forgot about him. Just dial it up a bit. Yeah, make it a little bit better. Mm -hmm. um, were you did you did you want to be in the home run derby or were you just at the end you were like I don't know I already hit my one I'm I said no because I knew that like half of that home run was the pitch speed. Because all season, there had been a couple times where I'd hit the fence, but there just wasn't enough on it because we didn't face that fast with pitchers as the mm -hmm. ones that we did in the game. So, yeah. So Madeline put that one up there pretty good for you? Yeah. <laughs> pretty good speed? Mm -hmm. What What pitch was it th that you hit? Was it just a straight fastball? It or? was a – it was just an inside pitch. The coach told – because it was the Charlevoix coach and she was a Charlevoix pitcher, so they had, like, signs going. He told her to throw that because he thought I wasn't going to hit it, and I turned on it super early because I was just like – and it went. So, <laughs> yeah. Did you get to bat again after that? Yes. I had a – I double. walked and I had yeah. a double, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you get a double in your library, very last. Yeah, bat. double was my last at bat. Yeah. You're, so you're going off to Northern Michigan, you said, mm -hmm. for college. Um, are you going to play any sports or club? Or I think I'm going to try anything, and their club softball team, mm -hmm. most likely. The tryouts are like the week after classes start. So. Okay. And then, Alex, you're playing for the Saints this summer. Yeah. Pass that. What, are you, what are your plans? Uh, right now it's kind of up in the air, but I'm either going to stay here and just kind of like work on my game and then try and like go somewhere next year, or I'm going to probably go to a prep school in Arizona to play baseball. 
Oh. Yeah. What is that? What What is that kind of prospect like? I've heard I've heard about prep schools with baseball and stuff like that. Again, um, what exactly is the difference between say that or like going to like a, a junior college or like a D three school? So like that, like a junior college, or like D three. That's like that would like take eligibility away. So like if you go to a prep school, it's like almost like a fifth year of high school, but okay. it's no school. So it's just straight baseball. But you're allowed to take classes, which I probably would. I'd take a few, just to. Are you able to get like college credit out of that or anything? Yeah, like that? take some college courses I so think you so, can yeah. transfer into. Get a little head start. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because that, that, there's there's I feel like there's a lot of different avenues to find your way through the ranks, and that that's one of them that doesn't get explored super duper often. Yeah. Was what is what was or what kind of like give puts you in that realm of saying hey maybe we should, we we should use a fifth year and do it that way. Well. Like, just because I'm still, I'm really young for my, I'm still, like, 17, so it's just kind of, like, whole development and all that, and then, like, I had a few colleges reach out to me, but none really interest me, and then, like, the prep school guy from Arizona contacted me, and was like, yeah, we would like you to maybe consider this or whatever, and I was like, yeah, I definitely would consider that, so me and my family are just kind of talking that over. Just yeah. seeing how it goes. I was gonna say because that's more or less maybe try to get a, a better pick of a college that you really want, right? Yeah. Give you a chance to get looked at a little bit more and then yeah. find find a little bit more options of a college you really like. Yeah. I know you got you got older brothers who have obviously done this. I mean, Sam still does he play on the Saints as well? Yeah. So you guys are playing you're playing with your brother on the Saints. Yeah. How fun is that? That's awesome. That's pro it's probably one of my favorite teams I've ever played on. They're a good group of guys. I really love that team. We uh. We, we, we cover the Saints here and there, and there's you know there's a lot of guys who, who have played in the area who go down there. I think uh, Keaton Peck is one yep. of those guys who he just stole, like, three bases last Wednesday or whatever it was. And, um, I mean, is, does that kind of feel like a uh, graduated all-star team for the area, like guys who, who are still pretty good, still go get to play there for the summertime, and they even come back from college and play there? Oh, yeah. Like, we're there's definitely – we're good. Like, we got some players out there on the team, and it's just it's fun to see because it's so relaxed, and it's not – and it's just a great team atmosphere, and the coach is awesome because it's a player coach, so he's just, like, mm-hmm. he's a really good guy. So, Genevieve, who's uh, – do you get, do you have much of a competition, a friendly competition with Sean, or is – Um, <laughs> as soon as he found out that I hit a home run, he wanted to see the video, and I – I was, I felt a little bit proud because a lot of times it's always like, especially the Sutton's Bay kids are always like, oh, you're Sean's sister. And I'm like, yeah, I am. Cause older he's, sister. Yeah, yeah. Older sister. <laughs> I, yeah. He just, he's just always been the bigger athlete. And like, he just has, he's put in a little bit more work for like basketball and stuff than I have. Cause I was more focused on softball, but yeah, there's, I guess there's a few friendly competitions, but it's mutual. <laughs> Okay, so you said that this is, like, the shortest you've had your hair in a long time. Is this the longest you've had your hair in a long time, or yeah. have you had it longer? I've never had it longer. Okay. I just, it's definitely the longest it's ever been. I think it was uh, athletic trainer Amy Ream who said something to me and said, you know, after the pandemic, because that, that's pandemic hair, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so she goes, yeah, so, you know, I had all these kids who, like, I do very well, and they left school in 2019, and uh, they came back, and... They all look different. It's like look, he's like, look at Alex. Alex's hair is like nine inches longer than I've ever seen it. He walked in. I didn't know who this kid was. All I saw was a couple of eyeballs. And you're like, what is going on here? Was there a lot of friends, a lot of kids like that? I think I actually brought it to her. I, I'll ask you as a guy, um, what's with the mullets coming back? What's up with everybody doing like mullets, like straight up, like full on '90s style mullets? Is there like? I think it's just like it's back. Like people think they're cool and they look good in hats, and it's just. 
just a new, it's, they're back. History just repeats itself. <laughs> yeah. Genevieve disagrees. No. She actually, they're not cool. Uh, everybody uh, realized in like 99 they weren't cool after doing it for three years. So it's probably going to, yeah. man, is it really going to last three years? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you, got the, you got the Tim Lincecum look, though. Is that what you're going for? Or is it Jacob deGrom? I don't, I was just growing it out and then just kind of seeing where it goes. And here we are. I've been, I've been compared to like hair wise, like deGrom, Glass Now. Uh, that Noah Syndergaard, the oh, Thor yeah. guy. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I, I'm, I, I am people to be compared to. <laughs> right. I would say I, I, I'm gonna ask though. I mean, I like, and this is you don't have to answer this. How many? How often do you wash your hair? Every day. Every day. Yeah. Do you wash your hair every day? Because uh-uh. all the girls, all the girls always say, don't wash your hair every day. Even like long hair. I mean, and it's like I shouldn't say like every day. There's definitely days I go with like out, like if I'm being lazy. Yeah, if you're not like, practicing or something, yeah. like if you're not sweating it out. Especially but, during the pandemic. Yeah, I just naturally I think just like like have greasy hair, so I like washing it a lot. So you just do it yeah. all the time, okay? Because I've always just wondered, like, I, I don't have hair to take care of, so you got to ask the questions to the people who know what they're talking about, right? <laughs> I want to. I just want to ask you guys a little bit about your guys' senior seasons. Um, you know, not having a year last year. I, I I heard from all the people at the games, and everybody kind of brought that up. It was like, hey, we didn't have a we didn't have a year to play last year, our junior season, and just one more game. I think you actually said this to me in, in, in our interview. You said just one more game after not having that was m- more than you could have asked for. Any game, any at bat, basically counted for you guys. What was your attitude for this entire season? After losing, you know, your junior year, then coming back and saying, hey, we got this one year to kind of show up and show out. Well, the beginning of our season was a little bit rough, too, because as soon as testing started, it got a little bit rocky. Because if one kid in our school got it, it wiped out like half of it because we're so small. We're all together like all the time, like six through 12 is on the same floor. So that didn't really help in the beginning. I was actually quarantined, so I got a little bit scared that I wasn't going to get my senior season, too. And then I ended up coming back. We finally played games in the end of April, and it just I just knew, like, we're just going to have fun. And our team was super young, too. We had a lot of freshmen, um, sophomores who technically were freshmen because they hadn't played yet. And it was just, yeah, we were just all having fun. And just all we were looking for was that district because we don't have a conference or anything to play for. So it was just fun and keep going. You're like, as long as we get there to start playing before districts, like yeah. we're, we're not, we're not the school who's canceling all of our conference games and all that. Like mm-hmm. we have something to focus on. I know obviously uh, Traverse city central, you guys, you guys had quite a season. Uh, we're battling for that BNC title. Just what, what was the attitude like from you and your seniors? Well, I just definitely feel cause like, like our like senior group, like at least I know for a fact, like Luke and Dom, they're going somewhere to play right now. And then, but just, like, we worked out in, like, the winter with, like, my dad just hitting constantly. And just, like, that attitude of kind of, like, because we lost junior year, like, to work even harder. Because we got to, like, make it up almost and just, like, really show out. And then we kind of, like, we had a young team as well. So they followed and they just worked harder. And then it just, it really made our team that much better. Mm-hmm. How much of a relief was it for you, Genevieve, when you guys won that district title? Oh my goodness. We've been the last time that we won I was in eighth grade and I moved up for the district so I was just kinda on the bench. So it was really cool to actually like feel like I was a part of it and like especially because it was on Glen Lake because that's like our rivals, but so yeah, it was just so much emotion. I couldn't cry though because I was so dehydrated during that game. <laughs> it was so hot. Out. 
I've never heard of yeah. dehydration so bad that tears won't happen. Yeah, it was like 90, and I caught the whole game. It was. All righty, guys. Genevieve and Alex, thank you guys so much once again for not only participating in our Record Eagle Summer Classic, but absolutely destroying the competition, kind of, sort of. At the very least, you guys were awesome. Thank you for being our MVPs. Thank you for taking some time out of your busy summers to come and join us at the Get Around, and we wish you the best of luck in your futures. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Another huge thank you to Alex and Genevieve for joining us after winning the MVPs at the respective softball and baseball summer classics. They each got to win some Pittsbitters tickets, which was awesome. They got a four-pack of Pittsbitters tickets to go take and join their friends or their family or whatever it might be. But speaking of Pittsbitters tickets, I believe we have one more set of Pittsbitters tickets to give away. The winner of this week's Pittsbitters tickets is Larry Lacrosse of Traverse City. Make sure you check your Twitter DMs. He interacted with us on Twitter. To get entered in to win those free Pit Spitters tickets, make sure you like, share, retweet, comment. You know, make sure you like, share, retweet, comment, whatever it may be, to be entered in to win two free Jimmy John's subs. Back to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. Always so gracious to give us some food to give away on each one of these episodes. Speaking of... They are our sponsors, and we are sponsored by Jimmy John's. With two locations in Traverse City, order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. Let's go into the chatter that matters. James, I know the first part of this is going to be a little dedicated um, just to you talking. I, I have brought somebody else up just a few minutes before our interview in Onekama's John Neff. And John Neff was inducted into the Hall of Fame this past week, and you had a chance to speak with him and kind of figure out his legacy and exactly uh, why he made it there. So, Give us a little background on, on John and uh, why he was selected to the Hall of Fame. Well, he's been, he's been around for a long, long time. His longevity plays a big part in these things. I mean, one of the interesting things is Onekama didn't even have a baseball team this year, through, through no fault of his own. I mean, they've had one of those. Oh, no, it was John Neff's fault. John <laughs> Neff said, I am not having a baseball they've, team. They've had one of those bubbles. You know, they've had a couple small classes back-to-back come through, and so they just didn't have enough kids to field the team this year. But, uh I mean, he's put up in 26 years 433 wins, um, putting up you know pretty consistently winning records, and uh, and that's 26 seasons between uh, 15 at Gaylord Saint or 15 at Nekama and 11 with Gaylord Saint Mary, so um, pretty impressive credentials just from a one loss standpoint, longevity standpoint, and everything. But uh, the thing that just stands out about him is. He's just like like Energizer Bunny or something. He just has boundless energy for somebody who's 56, and uh, it's it, it's pretty amazing, really. I mean, and just the enthusiasm that he still has for the game. He also coaches football, but I mean, the enthusiasm he has for baseball is is just awesome. And uh, I could kind of tell this. I mean, I don't know if people know, but I used to work for the paper in Gaylord before I came to Traverse City, and so I was the I was working there when John Neff was at Gaylord, coaching baseball there. And, you know, this is like late 90s, so, you, you know, not everybody did everything by email then and or text. Nobody texted back then. Yeah, it wasn't even a thing. And email was barely a thing. So instead of me calling him every week to get stuff, he insisted every week in coming into the office, and he would sit down with me in a meeting room and go over his scorebooks. And he would go, like, inning by inning. Over, over the games that they played in the last week. 
<laughs> that's that's old school. Yeah, and he, I mean, he was just all about it. And, and the, it was just the exuberance was just, I don't, it was pretty amazing. I know. I always got texts from John right after their football games. Hey, here's all the stuff. Just that's what I like. Thanks for giving it to me right away. But I, his enthusiasm is so boundless. He, I. I, I've, I've met him several times. He never remembers if I've met him before or not, which I have to call him out for because it's always fun. Hey, or either that or, I, either that or I feel like that's just how he introduces or he says hello to everybody. Like, oh, it's John Neff. He's like one of those guys. Like, it's me, yeah. John Neff. And I'm like, I yeah. know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> You're a legend. Come on, man. He's been, he's been such a force for good in Onakuma and has done so much for the kids out there. And no matter the ups, the downs, I, I mean, you even just to kind of talk about his boundless energy, didn't have a baseball team this year and still went to the district meetings. Like, was still a whole part of the league, the district. It was just like, oh, I'm still doing it, still being a part of baseball, even though I literally don't have a team to coach. Yeah, and when we asked him to be one of the coaches for the for the Summer Classic, like, ama- instantly, yes. He just said, wow, yes, thanks. Yeah. When, <clears> where? <throat> yep. Can that I be was, there early? <laughs> that, that was it, yeah. And, you know, and I would see him at games this spring. You know, he since he didn't have a team to coach, he would just go to games. He, he coached the middle school team, I think, or helped out a little bit more with the middle school team than normal because wanted to make sure that uh, in the future here they got some good players coming up so that they can have a team again next season. Yeah, so congratulations to John for a very well-deserved honor making it into the Hall of Fame uh, last week. Congratulations to him. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of more people who have done big things you know, outside of our high school sports realm, uh, not really, but from our high school sports realm, even. Uh, first, I, we had a Sunday centerpiece uh, written by our coworker Andrew, on Matt Seibert from Traverse City, St. Francis, the tight end who walked on at Michigan State and played a year, didn't get drafted, and then ends up getting signed as an undrafted free agent to go to training camp with the Chargers this past week. James, I know you had a chance to actually cover him when he was around here um, and got to see him play. And, you know, from what we got in the story was just, you know, it's almost like the same thing we heard from our, you know, other tight end from the area, Adam Troutman. The work ethic has to be unmatched for these guys to reach this point. And, I mean, Matt went an entire year not having any, you know, phone calls or this or that, just working to try to be in NFL shape. And it worked. He worked out with some, you know, NFL caliber athletes down in Arizona and was keeping his fitness level up and it just got better. And look where it's landed him. I was surprised that he didn't get picked up as an undrafted free agent after the draft last year. You know, he, he put up some good numbers in his own in his own pro day. He did one on his own as well and, and did the, like a whole bunch of video things that he posted on Twitter of him doing all the the different pro day stuff and and, and put up numbers that would have been pretty comparable to a lot of tight ends who got drafted. And and the other thing about him is he's a very good blocker. He plays special teams. Like, those are the those are the things you look for in a tight end that you're bringing in as an undrafted free agent to maybe make your team as the third tight end. You know, they got to be able to play special teams. You only got a 52-man roster, baby. Yeah. So you got so that third tight end has to be able to play special teams. It has to be able to block. Yeah, and he, and he, he, and he does those things. So I, w- I was surprised that he didn't get this opportunity before. The only reason... I wasn't surprised because he legitimately really only spent one year as a starting tight end. He well, had played at Buffalo, looks. too. I, but I'm just saying, like, in a Big Ten, and like just yeah. but it, the year that he transferred up, he spent one year, his senior year. Your freshman and sophomore years, unless you're a superstar in college, aren't what's getting you drafted because yeah. then you're getting, you're getting out of college football at that point, right? If you're making it to your senior year, it's going to see that full progress. I just know, I mean, I saw him at Michigan State, and, you know, I guess 
I, I didn't sit around and say, I thought there was other tight ends in the recent years that might have gotten drafted that didn't for Michigan State. He was one of them. Uh, but once again, if you just put the work in, I think it's possible for anybody. Yeah. And like I said, he's got the basics that you want in a tight end. He doesn't, he doesn't drop the ball. You know, is he Travis Kelsey? You no know, one is. You know, yeah, nobody is. But, but he's reliable. He's a reliable receiver, a very good blocker, plays special teams, and is willing to do whatever it takes. I mean, he played on a team in the summer league this year that ran, run, and shoot. So they didn't even use a tight end. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they did because he was good enough. Yeah, he played a lot of special teams. Yeah, and that's where he caught the eyes of the of the San Diego Chargers, where he'll have a. a a bit of a chance, I think, to make this team because I mean they have Jared Cook, who's from the Saints. Just got um, signed. <clears throat> yeah, just signed that there from the Saints. They're you know Hunter Henry left. They're in, incumbent starter left to go to the Patriots, and uh, Jared Cook is about all that's that's there. At and tight Jared end Cook is not them. a healthy individual when it and comes he, to the NFL, and he's older. He's like thirty yeah. some years old. He always always he's always out a couple of games. Yeah, I mean you know the the Saints were rolling with Adam Troutman at tight end this year instead of Jared Cook. Yeah, going into this season. Yeah, so look at that. Maybe, uh, maybe Jared Cook is just like a sign of tight ends from Traverse City to get signed up, or from Northern Michigan. But uh, just one more, one or two more people I want to talk about. Like I said, the Michigan Women's Open starts today, and in 2019 we got to see Annika D win it as an amateur, right? Mm-hmm. Ansi was an, her younger sister Ansi, who just graduated. You know, last year we we did that whole um, you know feature on the D family and the dominance they had at Traverse City West. Now they're both going to be participating back this week at Crystal Mountain on their home course. And I know, along with Hunter Kehoe, uh, who we've talked about on this podcast like 10 dozen times because she's won so many Conference Player of the Week awards and has won so many tournaments and went to Nationals and everything. I mean, there's three or four girls who are within five years of graduating high school from here who are going to be knocking on the door of another Michigan Women's Open title. And I just, I, mean, I, I think we have to bring it up because, man, I miss them. I miss seeing these girls golf. Yeah, it's gonna be a good week. I mean, I'll be out there tomorrow. You'll be out there Wednesday for the for the final round, and it'll it'll be good to kind of get out there without the restrictions that we had last year too. I mean, last year you weren't even allowed allowed to get out of the cart and stuff. Remember how they had the dividers in the cart? Mm-hmm. So the driver and the, there was a plastic divider between the driver and the passenger. Yeah, there was a last year was a little weird, guys. <laughs> In case you didn't know. In case you didn't know. Um, but, yeah, I know we're excited to get back there. Saw Greg Johnson. I know we didn't get a chance to, uh, you know, really preview the Women's Open, but this is our chance to just tell you, you need to watch out for the D-Sisters and Hunter Kehoe to be in the top ten this week. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's the D-Sisters' home course, or it was when they were in high school. Used to work there and stuff. And Hunter Kehoe has shown that she can play on – any course. I mean, I mean, she's been in the top ten, base around the top ten the last three years I've covered it up there. You know? She's always in contention. Mm-hmm. Since she left high school, she's always in contention. So, make sure you keep a lookout for those ladies over at Crystal Mountain this week. Obviously, there's plenty more professional and amateur talent from across the state and the world out at Crystal Mountain this week. We'll be out there for the coverage, so please keep your eyes peeled for or all the editions of the Record Eagle this week. We are going to do our first edition of the Retroactive Hall of Fame for the spring season. You guys know how this goes. We only put one or maybe a couple of people in the Hall of Fame each week. So what James and I are going to do, we're each going to pick two players from this season who definitely deserved a nod at the Hall of Fame, but just on particular weeks may have been outperformed by just one other person. Who knows, but I know that we have a lot of deserving people 
who should be in the Hall of Fame. James, I know that there's got to be somebody who's itching at your brain for who deserved to be in our Hall of Fame but did not get the chance. Who's your first, your retroactive Hall of Fame member for 2021 Springs? Did we put the Noble Sisters in? Not that I know of. Well, then there we go. So they got two then. So you put in the Taylor and Jordan Noble. Definitely, uh, definitely worthy. We know they broke records. Friends of the pod. Yeah, like I, I'm not sure if they have, but if not, they 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 should have been. There's a, there's a couple of uh, kids from baseball who I got a chance to see last week and really got to see see them perform um, on the big stage. And you know, you you get there, you know, the rest of the season's work was definitely worthy. And the first person that comes to mind is the catcher from Trevor City, St. Francis, Aiden Schmuckle. I know we didn't get a chance to get him in this year, but after seeing uh, his bat, I mean, his defensive play as a catcher, he used his arm in both, you know, the state finals, the state semifinals, and the Record Eagle Summer Classic. You got to see him play, you know, three times in the last week, and definitely somebody who I think is necessary to have in there. And then another one uh, comes from Glen Lake Baseball, and actually another friend of the pod, but not, not quite sure that he, you know, made a single-game performance that was put up. But John Pop, you know, I saw him back... And he, he just had to make some plays for Glen Lake. And when he when he was called upon, he did what he had to do. Seems like they kind of relied, relied on him quite a bit this year to kind of do a little bit of everything. And uh, very deserving to make it into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and a very just a consistent guy, I think, throughout the season, too. Like he, like you said, didn't have maybe that one big game where you drive in six, seven runs or hit two home runs or something. But, I mean, he consistently throughout the season was, was doing stuff to help his team win. So we got one more segment here. We have to remind you, we are sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freak, yeah. That's going to put us into our trifecta, and like I said, we are just several days removed from 4th of July and Cherry Fest. Everything is kind of not back in full swing, you know, with Cherry Fest, but 4th of July, I know it's going to be in full swing for us. I just wanted to talk about our 4th of July plans. Is it any different? I mean, last year I spent it on the beach. Um, outside on the beach drinking, which wasn't so bad. I kind of plan on doing the same thing this year. It's supposed to be a beautiful weekend, James. What are your plans for the 4th of July? Well, one of us has got to work. This You're working this weekend. <clears throat> so so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> the 4th is technically Sunday. Yeah, the 4th is Sunday. So I'm not sure. I have to look at my wife's schedule and see if she's <laughs> if she's working or not. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm just excited to go to the beach. It's supposed to be like 82 degrees. I'm excited to get in that nice cold... Lake Michigan water, because I know yeah. it's not even close to warm yet. <laughs> yeah. Some friends of ours are having a pre-4th of July party, so okay. they're having it on Thursday night. Okay. That works. I Do guess just early. assuming that everybody is taking Friday off to have like a, like a three-day weekend or something. <laughs> That's what I plan on doing. <laughs> it doesn't sound like James has a very eventful weekend plan, but Thursday night he's ready to get crazy, huh? All right. That works for me. Well, That's why I was planning on being off Friday, too. <laughs> I'm taking Friday off. <laughs> You don't work till 4 o'clock on Friday. You'll be okay. Anyways, we got to remind you one more time, our sponsors over at Jimmy John's, they love us. We love you. Make sure you uh, retweet, like, share, comment to win a pair of free Jimmy John's subs. Remember, Jimmy John's is freaks about fresh meat, bread, and veggies. That means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's freak, yeah. That does it for episode 182. Follow me on Twitter at Jake and Follow James at JamesCook14. Follow us at TCRE Sports on all platforms, SoundCloud, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you will find us, I promise, and we will have the content you want and enjoy. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week for 183.